0: Hey everyone! Uh, welcome back to uh, our followers podcast with myself, Jan and Shane. Today we're going to have a chat around fueling for sport, fueling for gym sessions, uh, little bits around uh, hydration ahead of these, uh, as well as what type of what foods to be looking for and what strategies to try and implement in the lead up to to exercise and try to make them a little bit more digestible for you. So without further ado, we'll jump into into today. Uh, do you wanna say do you wanna say hi guys before we before we get going or we just jump on in? I'll just jump straight in. Jump straight in. straight in, let's go. So over the years uh it takes a little bit of a, time and focus in developing your strategies so from our perspective we try to coach guys into better practices uh guys and girls into better practices in the lead up to to sporting performance or training and it's it's incredibly important to to remember your your diet your hydration and uh including this in 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 your lead up to training especially if you if you if you take part in team sports a lot of the time fueling uh, can be focused in on game day, but if it's not something that you've practiced over and over again, that is it, 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 trying to implement it on a game day or on a lead up to a game day, you're kind of, uh, it's a, you may be a little bit blind going into it. So it's always a good, as uh, a starting point for, for me with people is to, to get people to take a look at how they approach their training sessions uh, what they, what decisions they make around hydration, what decisions they make around food in in, in that day in particular, uh, but even to the the, the night before, and uh, and uh, I suppose with, with training, the, the the complications that come around that is that you may have uh, uh, maybe a strength-based training on one night, the next night if you're playing. Gaelic football or rugby or something like that you may have a field-based training the, the following night so you're trying to recover like we discussed last week efficiently but then trying to refuel again for the next night that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't implement some strategies around meals meal timing uh, and, and, and the likes so uh, how, 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 how have you guys approached uh, building in those kind of practices with with teams or individual athletes, or just your your everyday uh, gym go or anything like that. Is there any any standouts there for you guys?
1: The the two main things I think that'll influence how I'm guiding players or athletes I'm working with will be first of all what time of day is the the session the game they're about to go into and how you like change around your eating for that, and then the next one will be just making sure there's enough fuel on board from far enough out. So say if there's something at seven o'clock in the evening time, you might need to start at seven o'clock or even earlier the day before. If they have something at 11 o'clock in the morning, you probably need to spend the full day beforehand getting ready for that. Um, And then adjusting it based on what the athlete themselves likes to eat themselves. Um, And that can even be based on like, if they have kind of preconceptions around what is a breakfast food, make sure that they're eating a breakfast food that's high in carbohydrate, which isn't an issue. Most breakfast food, breakfast, traditional breakfast foods tend to be very high. And if it's evening time, then how they can get their good carbohydrate stuff in throughout the day, as opposed to just loading it on for um, the meal right beforehand. The other little bit is how nervous players may tend to get before a game. And that can really put them off eating a decent amount of, of food, so you may need to look at loading up a bit earlier so that nerves haven't affect them. But also maybe trying to get on through liquid calories because they can be just easier to get on board as opposed to more solid foods that might be harder to digest if they've a if they have a stomach that's hopping around the place of nerves mm. and isn't really able to deal with all the, the food they should be digesting. What about yourself, Shane?
2: Yeah, no, that's I completely agree with your points. And the other thing that I usually oh. try to do is I make sure. To educate the players around like why we're doing this, because a lot of the time, a lot of people who think they're eating well will immediately think you have to eat almost in a calorie deficit to be eating well or to be paying attention to what you eat. So you're going to gear towards weight loss of the goal, whereas that's not the case. Especially in a performance sport, you have to educate them that this is the fuel that you're putting into your body. So if you don't have enough fuel, you won't be able to perform as well. You won't have that energy to continue throughout the day. So it's just kind of providing a bit of education around it. So then at least they know a little bit about what they're doing rather than just saying, eat this, this, and this, and not giving them a reason why you're telling them why they're doing this.
0: That's actually a great point, Shane, that I, I've come across. Now, just as you mentioned it there, there was a lot of uh, experiences I've had with athletes over the past few years that kind of flashed across me there. That calorie deficit, that needing to maintain, say, a body composition uh, that may be perceived to be optimal for for sport. That when it comes to fueling for for your uh, your sport, especially for performance, uh, with uh, with training, naturally enough, you can build in practices around different types of foods and different types of meals. But when it comes to actually fueling for the performance, so if, if it's uh, a marathon or if it's you know a, a a Gaelic football game or if it's a rugby game, whatever it may be. That the often, I often athletes still take the approach of I can't go too. I have to be a little bit more limited in, mm. in quantity and portion sizes than we would consider to be, you know, efficacious or optimal mm. for them. And
1: uh, Damien's just topped out on is there. He must have bad internet down and. Cork or Kerry, wherever he's based at the minute.
0: Okay. So sorry for the old uh, technical glitch there. Uh, so it just, yeah, uh, on, on your point chain there, um, the, uh, the uh, amount of people, the amount of athletes that do tend to continue with say the idea of a calorie deficit or to say, keep their body composition goals in mind uh, or perceived, you know, body composition uh, targets that, you know, might be, considered optimal for the the sport or activity that they're that that they are uh, competing in that this is uh, often something that's kept in mind when it comes to fueling for performance and it shouldn't be really because if you want to fuel to perform at your optimal levels at your your full uh, capacity eating in a manner that's going to maintain a calorie deficit is quite likely going to result in you being under fueled going into going into performance. So while building strategies around the foods that you do choose, whether, you know, depending on what time of day you, you, you do have to perform, like you mentioned, John, that if your if your game or sport happens to take place at say, you know, early in the morning versus you know late in the evening, you're trying to fuel, you know, get used to eating in a manner that would allow you to fuel for that. But while the foods are important, it is it is incredibly important to remember that you do need to get much higher levels of carbohydrate, especially for those glycolytic type sports. You do you do need to uh, ensure that you're getting in much higher levels of that in the thirty six hours leading into your performance. Uh, so that that that's something to to keep in mind that that does often, I suppose, crop up with, with athletes. I suppose I I've seen it with um in in rugby uh, athletes and in Gaelic football athletes uh, I've seen it quite a lot in those, but it is something that does tend to crop up in conversation that you know i I do uh bring my carbohydrate to earlier in the day when I go to perform, but I often feel that towards the end of games that I, i'm not uh i I don't really have the energies uh to to finish out games, and that often does come down to just from my experience with with athletes, with uh, different uh, players, is that they're they're keeping their normal maybe body composition goals in mind when trying to perform. So I, I do think that's a great point that is worth me rambling for <laughs> for a few minutes on just how big of a um, I suppose a, a, a mistake this can be and how, how 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 detrimental it can be to your overall performance across whether you know whatever your sport is that it, it, it you do run out of or you do you do run low on your glycolytic stores which you build up from your carbohydrate intake so it's important to ensure that enough of that is getting in
2: yeah, i think it's especially prevalent kind of around pre-season Cause so i think in a lot of people's minds they see pre-season and they think body composition or this is a chance to lose some of that weight that i put on in the off season and it is in a way, but the main focus should be energy system development for pre-season. So when you should be increasing your carbohydrates, make sure you have the fuel to push yourself on and develop that energy system. Most, a lot of athletes are reducing their carbohydrate intake because they want to improve their body composition. Whereas that's not looking for the overall goal for performance. They're just thinking about it wrong. So just a little education, even it doesn't have to be a huge amount, it's just kind of educating them a bit more on the fact that food is used for fuel coming true to sports.
1: Just when you said air, carbohydrate is the main fuel for, for glycolytic type, type stuff. What do you mean by that, Damien? What is glycolytic type stuff?
0: So your intermittent uh, sprint sports, your, long, your, your uh, maybe athletic in, in endeavors, like your running, maybe your middle distance running, your 5, 10 Ks, uh, right up to your marathon running. You do need to have quite a significant uh, uh, glycolytic uh, carbohydrate store Uh, storage in in, in your body there so and again this is something you do train in over time uh so if you're looking to optimally perform you need to to train to to allow that to happen so that's one side of it however your strength sports do still demand uh your um glycolytic stores as well and this is often an area that does get overlooked a little too in some in, in some sectors where people do Tend to cut carbohydrates, whether it be for body composition or or whatnot. But uh, it, it can, it, it can, it has, it has in a number of, in my experience, in a number of athletes, this been a, a common practice to reduce carbohydrates if they need to reach a weight target, and then kind of thinking, well, sure, I'm, I, I only have to perform across uh, individual reps, say for powerlifting. Uh, so I don't necessarily need carbohydrate, however carbohydrate is still a fuel, it's a, it's a fast acting, explosive fuel source, so having uh, insufficient levels or too low um, levels in your body uh, from, from from obviously inputs from your diet that this can have a detrimental effect on those types of sports as well uh, where it can be detrimental for your field sports like your your football, hurling, rugby, soccer, these kind of things is that you may have sufficient levels to get through, say, the first half and, and kind of push yourself there. But then as you get into the second half, even with a little bit of a top-up at halftime, you may just not have sufficient levels to finish out the second half of your game. So what happens is your performance dips, and with that, your ability to focus on the task at hand to make decisions on, say, if we take Gaelic football, it could be as simple as uh, misreading a a, a run or uh, it could be, you know, putting a pass off. It could be something very slight that you might think is, oh, I need to work harder at my skills. Whereas in actual fact, it could be directly linked to just a dip in fuel source. So your focus and ability to perform the task, you would would normally uh, perform well, it can can drop off. So they they would be the big areas that, uh, that, that it would kind of, that they're the areas across you know basically your more um uh intermittent type sprint or long distance uh sports things where, where where it can be an issue but it can also be an issue in strength sports and uh, single rep uh kind of performance things as
2: well i think that's a good point that Damo brings up about decision making because it's kind of everyone knows the carbohydrates are the fuel for the body but it's kind of overlooked that they're also the fuel for the brain so it's that kind of decision making and that focus they're very important late on in the game that if you haven't fueled yourself sufficiently, that's when errors are going to creep in. And that's kind of a lot of goals, a lot of mistakes happen in those last twenty minutes of a game. A lot of that can come down to people not sufficiently fueling themselves. And again, for strength sports, like it's very hard to lift two, three hundred kilos if you are focused, let alone if you're if you're not focused or your kind of mind is off a bit. So it's an important point to remember that you're not just fueling your body, you're fueling your brain and your mental power and focus as well.
1: That's good there, where you mentioned Damien, about Gaelic football and few of a game and fuel like that. So a couple of articles came out last week, a couple of studies led by the group in Tala who looked at carbohydrate fuel and, and just calorie requirements in general of Gaelic footballers. So they found an awful lot of Gaelic footballers, particularly on periods of hard training or burning upwards of 4,000 calories a day, which is quite a lot. So to get in enough fuel in general is going to lead to a lot of food just being eaten and the majority of that is going to come from carbohydrate because... It's generally the easiest to get more of. So they found that while the calorie output wasn't really being met, a lot of players were eating 2,800 up to 3,500. That once they started, not really force feeding, but encouraging them to eat that bit more, the majority of which was from carbohydrate. So they started looking at performance. Now, how do you measure performance in Gaelic football? It's obviously difficult because there's so many different factors to be looked at. But when they got players to eat the right amount, particularly true carbohydrates, they found that those who were eating upwards of the higher end of the recommendations um we're just doing an awful lot more running and particularly high speed high speed running and most of that came at the last 20 minutes of a game which is like from playing field sports that's when an awful lot of the the game winning work is done where you can see one team fatigue one team make more mistakes as you've mentioned there due to whether it be mental fatigue or just poor decision making but it's one of the closest things we can get to to measure performance or it's a metric we can use they found that there was an awful lot more high speed running at the last 20 minutes of the game and those who ate more and particularly when that came from extra carbohydrate
0: that's very interesting and i think that is that that really covers what we're seeing practically with, with athletes is that those athletes that tend to i suppose turn up on big days are often the ones who have you know fueled themselves efficiently and that are they're used to doing it they didn't just you know fuel fuel themselves for that event they and a lot of people will do will look at i suppose it is common to look at the training and you know he trains harder he got out he gets out extra days in the week or or whatever but a lot of it is that simple controllable thing of fueling efficiently and it it, it, it it does tend to be an overlooked factor when, uh, for for a lot of people. So like that, I think that really that those studies the, the, that that uh, research, it does kind of do, it does line up with what I've certainly witnessed in um in, in my experience with, with Gaelic footballers certainly, but it does I have seen it in individual athletes as well as uh, rugby athletes as well.
1: If we're to break this down then into it. Actual, the, the getting of the fuel into the body. What are some typical high carbohydrate foods? What are some options we might put out there for for players? What have we used ourselves? Stuff like that. Um, Shane, just back to your bodybuilding days. How, did you have a, a go to pre training and fueling up, or say if you were training even time, how, what does your day look like leading up to one of your say one of your bigger sessions? So
2: usually I'm kind of fairly traditional in food sources. So I usually go for oats as my main a carbohydrate source. So usually a couple of hours before I go train, I'd have oats and protein, just so I know then I'm gonna have a strong carbohydrate presence. So again, I'm not I don't it doesn't hugely bother me eating very close to training sessions. So one to two hours is usually fine. Like I don't feel that imp- impedes my performance and it doesn't um I quite like it that way. Whereas I know other people are very much they don't like eating close to training. So it's it's very much kind of a personal decision, but it's very important that your your last meal before your training session, regardless of what time frame suits you should have a very solid carbohydrate source coming through. It's also kind of, especially for game days, it's it feels a bit weird to say, cause you're almost breaking like the standard traditional rules where you're trying to avoid things like fiber or things like vegetables that are not empty calories, but very low calories and very high volume. That's going to sit in your stomach. So you're trying to get kind of more fast acting, high GI type foods. So especially a lot of people seem surprised when you're t- talking to teams and match day, Pre game um, meal is kind of pancakes or something like that, pancakes and syrup. Whereas, like, it's a fantastic pre game meal. But again, if you were to talk to someone in general terms saying, like, what would be a healthy breakfast, they're like, pancakes and syrup. And they're like, right, well, that's, you're taking this the wrong way. So it's important to keep it in context. But again, it's always like simpler carbohydrates are kind of always better. But if you, I suppose, it's always going to be different. Whereas, if you're training four times a week, you shouldn't really be having pancakes with syrup before training four times a week. Whereas, if it's a match one day where you know, right, that's going to be my main exertion. where i'm focusing all my attention my performance really matters here then it's a little bit different because you can gear things everything towards that one day whereas you can't gear everything towards every second day if that makes sense
1: and do you eat much extra earlier in the day say if or even if it's with a team you're working with a team and you have a game that even are you encouraging them to start eating extra breakfast time lunch time right up along or are their main uh,
2: fuel sources coming from the pre-game meal Definitely. No, they're definitely going to keep it. I suppose it depends on how much time you have before the game, but usually you want them to get as much fuel as they can in before the game. So if that means spreading it out over three, four meals, if it's an evening match, that's great. It just gives us more room to work with. And you can also kind of per athlete, you'll gauge how you're feeling. So if you eat a lot of carbohydrates early in the day and you feel a bit bloated, you'll know, okay, I can ease off. I know I've eaten enough. Whereas if you kind of try and get as much carbohydrates in, in say an hour before the game, and you're going to feel bloated and heavy going into the game. So, if you have the more time you have beforehand, the better. But again, obviously, you don't choose your own kickoff time. So, it's very much depending on the sport and what you have available to it to you.
1: And do you find much variance in what athletes prefer to eat? Like, would you try and have options there for the players? Is, like, you know, if you're feeding the team beforehand, is that possible? Or if you're giving options to players, suggested stuff to eat, how many options would you give based on players' own preferences?
2: It's definitely options are they're hugely important because if you have someone, say, if, for example, if somebody hates oats and that's the only option there, they're more than likely going to go without eating anything over eating something that they just detest. They're not going to force feed themselves, especially on the day of a game. And a lot of players have different superstitious things like they've, there's meals they've eaten the whole time. And I try not to dabble with that too much, especially match day things, because superstitions on match day, they can have a much bigger effect on the player mentally than we could ever have from a performance nutrition point of view. So if I have somebody going out and they're not confident in themselves because they didn't have their pregame meal, or they didn't do whatever, throw their boot over their left shoulder before going out the pitch, it's going to make a huge difference. And they're not going to feel comfortable in themselves. They're not going to play well. Then they're going to see, oh, it must have been that. And then if I keep forcing them to do something they want, don't want to do, they're just going to feel like, whereas I prefer to tell players things to avoid. So if they're doing something very wrong, or say if they're not drinking water in the two days beforehand, I tell them to include in that, so it's kind of you're looking for the the least amount of change you can make to the players' pre-game ritual that'll make the biggest effect.
1: And Damien, from working with say working with teams and probably is not with hotels or restaurants and stuff beforehand, how do you go about working with those to make sure there's a few options there for different players? And and is that even possible? How <coughs> receptive are places to that?
0: So I suppose, look, when you go in first with a team uh it's important to not just go in and go, right, guys, here's literally the menu that we're going with. And it takes a little bit of time to get to know the team you're dealing with, to get to know the athletes a little bit, and then you start to pool together some of the common uh denominator meals that they like to go for. So what I what I do with um I suppose with with me mostly the uh, rugby seems to be a little bit different in that regard, but with with Gaelic football there um, and and the, the mead lads. It's what I what I'll do is I'll get a menu out to them of meals that they commonly go for, and I'll give them three options that I'll have discussed with the with the hotel. And basically, I'll get a list them back from that, and then the hotel knows exactly how many they're going for, how many of how many lads are having one thing, how many like how many lads are having pancakes there if it's in the morning, how many lads are going for that that por- or a bowl of porridge. Um, or or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, it 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 I, I try to get guys to that point where they're not just making the decision on the morning. You know, they're not looking at a whole spread in front of them and going like, well, that looks good, so I'm going to go for that. Because with performance, we're looking to we're looking to build on previous performances. So like, we don't need moving, uh, moving, uh, targets or moving goalposts posts there w- with that. So it's important for guys to kind of. know what they're going to do so they know like two or three days out and that kind of helps with things like you know guys who might be a little bit superstitious in their in their approach to to game days and stuff like that that it, it means that there's less moving parts there on the day of the game uh so that that's normally how i do it so i i i probably liaise with a hotel um or venue for food uh probably a month in advance of the game give them my options and uh obviously enough they can kind of cater for pretty much anything but i I generally try to give them maybe four or five and if they're kind of like oh you know this might be a little bit awkward to do at that time of day then i might kind of you know look to remove that um and you know try to focus in on what what they can get out in the numbers that we will need the most and then I'll, i'll send that out to the team the week of the game and go hey guys just uh, just looking for this, so um, lads will just write their name down uh, underneath whatever it is that they're going to go for, and then I'll just ensure that the hotel has two or three of each option extra uh, available just for any guy who might kind of might not feel great, could be nerves, could be you know whatever it is, and they kind of want to switch, you know, last minute. So that's how I would approach that. From but I do kind of tend to. Leave game day eating within the guidelines of what we were kind of saying. Start, you know, trying to help guys to focus in on, on, on better strategies, um, you know, and try to build in better practices. I do try to focus, get guys to focus on right while you've been practicing these things all along that your game day eating, especially for uh, in for Gaelic football and rugby, uh, two sports like that. I try to get them to start 36 hours prior to the game that's where fueling starts for for me with them and this is similar for for uh, maybe your middle distance running that kind of uh, fueling starts starts roughly about 36 hours out and you're just trying to increase your carbohydrate at each meal uh in the lead up to that so that when you get to that game day so because like you mentioned shane that you don't have control over what Time the game is at right in rugby, you'll all games tend to be in club rugby anyway. All games tend to be uh 2 or 2.30 on a Saturday, so you can you, you can you know you can set your watch to that pretty easy. But for for your Gaelic sports, uh, Gaelic games, you could you could be playing on a Saturday evening or you could be playing on a, a Sunday morning. You could be some clubs are playing midweek at the moment and they're following up with the next round at the weekend, so trying to. Trying to fuel accordingly is is very tough, and trying to build a routine around that is very tough. So that's where it's important to, to to look at the your your day, day and a half, two days leading into the day of a performance as you're fueling up, as your carbohydrate storage uh, focus. So then, when it does get to the the day of the game, if there's something like nerves kick in and you find you're not able to eat as much. Um, you find that the foods that you kind of planned in eating, you just don't really have a have an appetite for, uh, or whatever it might be, uh, that you've still fueled yourself up in the two days leading into it where the nerves weren't there to kick in. And I do think that is an area, especially, I suppose, in club football, from our own research that we carried out a few years ago, John, on, uh, on hurling and Gaelic football uh, club, and county athletes, that was one of the things that uh, popped up for me was um, how little people used to focus in on game day eating being the, the two, the day, day and a half, two days leading into it. It, it. it was very much the day of the game. And that just leaves a whole host of, uh, you know, um, issues that could potentially uh, arise. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of how I look at it. And obviously, your hydration is huge in that time as well. And you're trying to build in these practices. But just from a carbohydrate loading perspective, I do try to look at, you know, like the pregame meal, which everyone seems to really focus in on, is kind of more, it's just an additional top up to what you've done in the previous two days. So that when you get to that meal, if, for whatever reason, as I said, you've got moving parts, you might have, it might be a, a league game, which you're kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, this is grand. Or it could be a county final. You're going to approach both of those games mentally completely different because one of them, you're going to be going into it possibly nervous, um, maybe a little bit more cutthroat. You might not be thinking about your food on the, in, the, in the two, three hours before a game. You might be really, really focused. Uh, so you, you, you don't want to kind of risk, um, you know, focusing on or depending on that meal, is is kind is what I'd be going with there. So that, that that's kind of a general overview of of the the, the guidelines I do give. So it's some going. of
1: the easy steps we can use to to start increasing carbohydrates in the thirty six hours out. It doesn't need to be anything drastic. It doesn't need to be oh, hey, I need to go to the shop and buy all these extra mm-hmm. carbohydrates. Some of the small steps we can mm-hmm. take are. If I have I beef and spuds for dinner, I've matched at three o'clock Sunday and Saturday evening, have beef and spuds for dinner and whether I cook it myself or someone else does, I just go instead of having two spuds of that, I might have four. If I'm having sandwiches for lunch today before, instead of having two slices of bread, I might up at a three. When I'm having breakfast, if, if I weigh my porridge and I have 80, normally 80 grams, I might have 100. If I put in, half a glass of porridge usually, or a glass of porridge, I might have three quarters or a full one now. So it's just some very small steps to get in that extra carbohydrate. If you tend to suffer from nerves, I would probably focus on getting the extra carbohydrate the day before, because it can be hard to digest the next day. Other simple ways are, generally I would not recommend orange juice or juices in general to anyone, but day of a game, it's a great way to get in predominantly carbohydrates without any big worry on digestion. You don't notice yourself eating it anything like that. Mm. Smoothies can be a help there as well. Sometimes if we have a big game and I know I'm going to be a bit nervous coming up to it, I'll actually go to the the shop and get some kind of sugary cereal and AMT three bowls of that spread across the day because I know I, it doesn't really affect me. It's something nice to look forward to throughout the day as well. Mm. It breaks up the day and it's, it's going to load up that carbohydrate in your system there as well. That's another I find easy win to get in that extra carbohydrate if you're concerned about nerves, if you're not sure how to add it to the rest of your meals. Um and particularly coming up to game time, you're looking to, as Jane said earlier, reduce the fibre. So there's there's no issue with having your more your whiter foods, your sugary foods are probably going to be of more benefit than the more traditional high fibre, low GI stuff that we're normally told to eat for our everyday diet. It does change for when we're focused
2: on, on higher performance. Another thing that um, Damon kind of briefly touched on it there when he was saying, if you do suffer with nerves and stuff like that, it's important It's important for everybody. But especially if you have nerves and things coming up to a game, if you trial these nutritional strategies in challenge games or in less important games, you mean you'll have that confidence then coming into a big game. You will almost do it on autopilot and then you know that that works. So you have confidence in that, that strategy and that preparation method. And it means then you're more confident coming through. And hopefully that puts the nerves at bay a little bit, especially around food. Whereas the last thing you want is introducing something new on a match day. And like textbook, it could be perfect. You could get it from the nutritionist or the team. Yeah, the team nutritionist. But something mightn't agree with you. Or even like, worst case scenario, you could be allergic to something you didn't realize. So it's so important to try these, whether it's training or a challenge game, just make sure you know they're going to work. Or at the very least, that they're not going to negatively impact your performance or your health.
0: That's fantastic point as well, and you can almost take from that point. I suppose supplements tend to be something that are very fancy, and you know the big, this big shiny thing. Oh, you know I've heard from whoever, and it is often down the grapevine, or you know I've seen this online, I've read this, or whatever, and like that this supplement will give me, you know, um, a benefit. And while I'm definitely not, again, opening this week up into supplements conversation, but it's um, that game day, that fueling time, it's it's not a time for implementing anything new. If, you, if you've never practiced something before, whether it be challenge games or training sessions, the game day is not a day for trying something new. And that could be down to something as simple as, like you mentioned there, uh, Murph, uh, you mentioned smoothies. So if you're not used to having a smoothie before a game, and then you're like, "Oh, you know, I might try it today," and you you could you could end up with that running through you. So it's it's important to I mean that's the, probably the most polite way I can put it, <laughs> but it's uh it 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 does happen, and it, because it, you, your body isn't used to it, um, it isn't used to it on game day, and it you it's it's just not a day for that's the one thing when it comes to game day eating that sticking to what you know. Um, is more important and can have more of a positive effect than trying out something that is shown in research to be optimal. If you haven't tried it before, the game day, if it isn't something you've experienced, if it isn't something you practice, don't do it. And that could be, could be as simple as you know increasing a caffeine in intake pre-game. It could be something like uh, you're, you're, as I said, having a smoothie pre-game when you're not used to having it. You don't want to bring about any kind of issues from trying something new that you haven't practiced before. So, I, 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 that's something that I am often blue in the face saying saying to guys they'll come up to you in the dressing room in the hour, hour and a half before a game, uh, before throwing in a game, and that you're like, hey, can I try this? <laughs> you're like, no. Just it, it, more often than not, you're just like, that won't benefit you, but I, like I do try to swing it back in. It might be something, again, like uh, the jellies that we might have available uh, uh, on the table, um, which often does seem to confuse uh, people when they, when they get a look at the dress room. They're like, wait, there's a lot of jellies and sugars and, uh, you know, sugary drinks inside here. And you're like, yeah, well, this is performance. <laughs> but it's... Um, yeah, so it's just, just that that's a big thing that I do see with athletes uh, uh, it's, uh, in both of my areas, in rugby and Gaelic football, that it's possible for guys to kind of get a little bit sidetracked with, oh, I've heard this is good. Can I try this? And it's just game days, I'm like, they're, not, they're, they're the one day that you do not want to try something new.
1: Just two things to touch on before we start to wrap up. The first one would be that when we are working with, say, as nutritionists, working with a group, one thing I found very useful for in the, that last meal or even the second last meal is to try and set it up. <coughs> excuse me. When you're working with wherever you're getting the food from, is to have some element of not quite self service, but where the players have a little bit of selection <coughs> in their portion size. Because some players like to eat much further out and only a small bit coming up the game time, and others would be the opposite. They could eat a massive feed an before a game and not be worried that. That allow the players where possible to choose their own portion size so if you're having soup and sandwiches before a game have the sandwiches out on the table so the players can pick whether it be two or six how much they want to eat if they're having the, the traditional chicken and pasta where they can scoop that onto the plate themselves or they can ask the caterer to yeah can I have an extra scoop there no no half is plenty for me with spuds whatever it is that way that's what I found really useful just because players, how much they eat coming up to a game based on times will vary massively. Plus, some players will be quite aware based on the goalkeeper will hopefully be copped on enough that I don't need six slices of bread before a game. Whereas you're hoping your midfielder will you be thinking, yeah, I need to eat quite a bit today and I'm going to be covering an awful lot of ground. Um, just last point then, bringing it back to people who are just going for a traditional gym session, a normal training session, what are maybe two to three options we could suggest to people to have that hour, the hour and a half beforehand, that tends to be okay in the stomach, but it's still decent carbohydrate wise.
0: Well, I suppose we we do have the 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 old king here with us <laughs> t- today. So, uh, I suppose yeah, this. Well
1: <laughs> thanks to Flavins for
0: sponsoring the show. Works every time. <laughs> um, I
2: suppose
0: there's two wins of this. So you have your traditional evening gym gore where mm. you know you go into any any big kind of gym out there. Thronged from four four thirty in the evening to about eight eight thirty there so that's where a lot of people are however there there's different strategies then for, for people who train at six or six thirty in the morning uh, that way they try to get in their sessions before work so we might just separate the two a little bit um, and focus them because they're going to involve some different strategies um, because I suppose I, I, something I do with individual private clients that I have is that they will try to get up an hour before a gym session in the morning just to eat and have some food digestive. That's that knock on their sleep could be more uh, like that could be more detrimental uh, than than they they think. So I tend to approach fueling for an early morning gym session the night before, um, as opposed to and then just maybe focusing in on maybe getting water on board in the morning prior to training um maybe getting some electrolytes in there could be even just something as small as have a snacky on a few berries or something like that uh with uh, and drinking some water it could be a fantastic approach there for your morning so you're you're not i suppose putting yourself into big digestion uh going into uh or digesting a, a large meal or getting up extra early to eat um but yeah so that that, that would be the only thing i'd like to touch on there with, with that I, I, have you any thoughts on that, Shane? You, you'd, I suppose you, you, have definitely had the more, or probably the most experience of the three of us with different gym training times and and that would you know, becoming the biggest man I know.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh. First of all, I'm quite happy with that. I'd like that to be a running title. Technically <laughs> coming through. I think you're dead right there. So mainly the, the last meal before they go to bed if they're training super early in the morning is going to be most important so if if you think about if they're coming into that early morning training session with a full glycogen reserve they're not going to need a huge meal before they go in so i would like them to have something small again as you said kind of berries or even my wadi in their water just they have a little bit of sugar to kind of get them that initial kick going through and then it can take into the glycogen the only thing to remember there is to make sure that they have a meal after they train so now I've had clients in the past who will kind of just go and they might go to one or two in the day and just not eat anything because either it's a super busy day from there, or they only they literally had the time they were in the gym, then it has to go straight to the office and it's eating through. So again, if you are in that position, you've utilized your glycogen store then. So you've had that glycogen from the night before, it's gone after that session. We're very depleted. So you have to be straight into your recovery stuff to make sure you have the energy then to go into in, the day. But again, it's definitely... i'd I'd never recommend people getting up one or two hours before if it's early in the morning like getting up before five in the morning just so they can eat before before they go to the gym
1: just some light options then if you are training early like not just gym at six o'clock but if you have say ga training at nine o'clock in the morning you probably can just fight getting up an hour early before that no eight o'clock isn't isn't crazy or anything but some light options there (laughs) yeah. <laughs> uh, just some light options there are the zero percent uh greek style yogurt with some granola or with some fruit that can be very easy on the stomach and depend on and you'll find flavors like some people will just have a flavor completely disagree with them once they start exercising others will be fine with them all mm-hmm. um chain there since i met him and saw him eating the porridge and whey with water it's been my go-to as well um there you go the evening yeah, for evening training, <laughs> a slice of brown bread that. and jam or a scone and jam it tends to be really easy on the stomach and nice and light and mm. gives a decent amount of energy there as well. Other people like low fat milk with some some of the cereals we talked about here, the sugary mm. cereals. They're generally, uh, I won't recommend cereals to anyone, but for performance or for exercise, I we'll recommend absolutely. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, they can be absolutely fine or nice and light on the stomach as well before training slice of toast um, can be absolutely spot on as well
0: yeah that that i i would agree with with all that like cereal especially for 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 people who have a good grasp of their diet you know that sugary cereals can be a great little um spike of energy there but they can also they're also quite light on your stomach and they're they're easily digestible it's it's fantastic uh things like i I suppose my go-tos then would be Maybe your banana bread uh, with some uh, uh, low-fat Greek yogurt. Having a slice of that, that it's it's filling at the time. There's good energy source off it, but it, it it doesn't involve you having to get up and go making something there early in the morning. It's just something that you have ready. Slice it, and you know it's very quick to to put together uh, and and get on board. Uh, it's even something if if you do happen to cut things a little bit tighter, you can carry in the car with you and eat it as you're going there. So. It's, it's about convenience a little bit uh, uh, that early in the morning. But uh, the big thing, really, I think, Shane, you've, you've nailed it there. With early morning training, leaving a couple of hours past post-training before eating can be, it, 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 can, it can really slow down the recovery process. It can lead to, even in the more immediate, it can lead to fatigue and lack of focus in your workday. Uh, which you, you obviously don't want and um, so ensuring that right you you know you, you have all your endorphins you have you know extra blood flow going around the body so you're going to be more alert from that but if you're not eating post-training if you're not getting in good quality uh, protein source good quality complex carbohydrates like your whole grains and our oats or whatever it might be the basic you, you do risk losing focus because uh because we do need uh energy and uh, we do use carbohydrate or a glycogen to fuel our, uh, our our brain so if you if you do happen to follow say intermittent fasting type approach or windowed eating you know and waiting you know if you exercise early in the morning then wait till 12 one in the day or two in the day to eat this may have a detrimental effect on your ability to, to perform to your best in your work setting as well so it, it, as well as um having a, a you know maybe a non-optimal recovery window so i do think that that's a huge point to for people who train or exercise early in the morning to keep in mind that this can be this can be a big issue without that they can easily overlook and it could be down to as you said just coming out of the train out of out of your gym training and just being manic busy with work if that's the case then you know having a strategy in place being a little bit more Planned in advance so that you don't allow that big window uh, to open up post training is is incredibly important.
1: Yeah, I think that probably wraps us up for today. We've we've discussed a few things that'll definitely set us up for future episodes there as well, between supplements and intermittent fast and that's been dropped in <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> if people have had would they'd like us to discuss and get in touch with any of us. You'll see our contact details below. Um, or just drop a comment underneath the YouTube section as well. Um, And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.